The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. Jesus said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Now people were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So Jesus and his disciples went off in the boat by themselves to that deserted place. But people saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before Jesus. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd... His heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So there are, of course, many things that uh, we have in common, those of us who've gathered here. One of the things that we have in common is that all of us, no matter who we are or our station in life or what vocation we have, we're all called to be, in one way or another, good shepherds. Each one of us has been given some portion of the Lord's flock to care for, whether we're popes or priests or parents. It's all part of our, our, our job description as followers of Jesus to be good shepherds. It's not easy, of course, to learn how to be a good shepherd. You know, for us who ordained as priests and pastors, you know, we got like eight to twelve years of seminary filled with conferences and classes and theology and all that kind of stuff. And even then, you don't know whether you're really prepared or not by the time you step out and begin work. Uh, parents probably wish they had eight or twelve years to figure out how to be a good shepherd to their kids, especially when they've got one that's a little bit on the defiant side. And the popes, who knows what kind of preparation they've had. You know, um, John Twenty-Third was a great good shepherd. Um, the Borgia popes, not, not so much. <laughs> so. And one of the wonderful things is that in Mark's gospel, we get to see how Jesus does it. How Jesus not only acts as a good shepherd to the people that he serves and loves and cares for, but also how he teaches his own disciples to do the same. In the Mark's Gospel, especially in the first part, and maybe most especially in chapter 6, which we're kind of in the middle of now, we get to see how Jesus forms his, his disciples to be shepherds like himself. And, and it, it's not easy, it takes a while. In the beginning of the Gospel, Jesus chooses his disciples, and they all say, yes, they'll come follow him. And, and for the first couple chapters there, they're very excited and very happy to be with Jesus. You know, they're hanging with him, and they're traveling with him down the road, and they're visiting with him, and they, they're able to see how he teaches, and what he teaches, most of which they don't really understand. And maybe most of all, they get to see his beautiful healings, and they get to be amazed at that, and they say, what kind of guy is this anyway? But they're hanging with
with him, and they form among themselves a kind of band of brothers. And it's wonderful as they as they go through this first perhaps year or so of Jesus's ministry together. They're kind of like fraternity brothers in a way, you know. Except they probably don't drink too much and say, "Hey, bro." <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, they become a band of brothers, and they care for one another, and they've got Jesus as their guide, and it's, it's a good time. Jesus, of course, realizes at some point that that's not enough, that it's not enough just to be, you know, kind of focused in on ourselves, to have a nice little brotherhood, a nice little community that's, that takes care of itself, that they've got to go out, that it's not enough just to be kind of fraternity brothers together. They, they've got to get out there and kind of learn how to do it themselves, how to preach and teach. And so last week we heard how Jesus finally takes his, his, uh, his 12 favorite disciples and says, okay, guys, it's time for you to go to the next stage of formation. You know, your time of just sort of being with me and hanging with me and watching what I do, it, it's not enough. It's time that you start going out and taking the message out to the people. And they're all going, uh-oh, this is sort of scary, a new stage. A new stage is something that we've never done before. And so they go out two by two, each of them to their own place. <coughs> and they begin to, to preach the gospel as best they can and to actually kind of work some healings and stuff. And it's a wonderful experience for them. And after their two-week mission, they come back to Jesus and they're all excited. And they're just thrilled with themselves. And, and Peter is saying, man, I was really a good preacher. I was able to tell the stories and da-da-da-da and repeat what Jesus had said. And people really liked it and they really liked me. It was wonderful. And John says, well, I, that's good. You're a good preacher. But I actually healed a leper. And that was really cool too. It was so wonderful. And people said, oh, what great guy you are. And, and, and then the, Andrew says, but I healed three lepers, so I outdid you. And, and pretty soon they're all excited and telling their stories of their time out there in the field, doing their kind of apostolic field work for Jesus, stage two of their formation. <coughs> and Jesus notices something in their, their talk as they gather together. And he says, okay, you guys have been really good, great work, it's all wonderful. <coughs> but there's something kind of missing here. So let's go off to a deserted place and we'll have some time just to talk about it. Just kind of see what really happened to kind of unpack this experience. What Jesus notices, of course, is sort of the pastoral narcissism of these guys. You know, it's kind of about them. I did this, I did that, I preached this, people responded to me, people really liked me, it was wonderful. And so Jesus kind of needs to deal with that because that's not going to work in the long run. Jesus knows that when people become kind of all about themselves, especially in ministry, especially in gospel work, that it's very easy then to begin moving to the next kind of logical conclusion when things don't go so well, is, well, what about me and poor me and why don't people like me and why don't people respect me and and blah, blah, blah. It ends up being all about them. And so Jesus takes them to this deserted place, they think, cross the lake. They get in their boats, they go across the lake. Little do they know that this crowd of people that's been following them and wanting attention from Jesus has beat them over to that place. It's not actually that hard to do in that little northern part of the Sea of Galilee. It's easy for people to kind of walk across and get over to the other side. 
And so they get out of their boats, and instead of finding a place of quiet, a deserted place, they find this place just filled with people. All of them wanting kind of a piece of Jesus. All of them wanting a little bit of tension from him. And as the gospel says, they're hungry. Not just hungry stomach-wise, but hungry for, for being, hungry for life, hungry for the gospel, hungry for some kind and generous word from God through Jesus. And this is where the disciples, Jesus' twelve, the apostles, begin to kind of show their true colors. They're not very happy about this crowd being there. They were looking forward to their retreat, to their quiet time, to their time away from the crowd. Their time just with Jesus themselves. And instead they find this place filled with thousands, presumably thousands of people. All of them, you know, the the simple people. These aren't the big shots. These are the ordinary people, the people who have needs, the people who are hungry, the people who are suffering, the people who are sick. And it's really annoying to them. And they want to shush the crowd away. You know, we want our time with you. And this is where Jesus teaches them an important lesson. He says, no way. This is like sheep without a shepherd. I'm the shepherd. I have to teach them. I have to feed them. I have to share with them God's good word. And, okay, the disciples say, okay, that's what Jesus does, so we're going to go along with it. But they're probably grumbling under their breath. What about us? And then something wonderful happens. It's not in our gospel story, but it continues the very next line. Uh, It's late in the day. Peter or Andrew or James or John or one of the guys comes up to Jesus and says, you know, it's late in the day, we're hungry, you're hungry, they're hungry, send them home, you've done enough. And Jesus says, so they're hungry, huh? He says, yes, they're hungry, we're hungry, you're hungry. Day over, day done. And Jesus says, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, we're not done here. So he says, how much food do you have? Uh, A couple loaves of bread, maybe a fish. Will you feed them then? And say, we can't feed them. We'd have to go out and spend all our entire life savings to feed a crowd like this. You feed them. So he takes the couple loaves of bread and he breaks them and he blesses them and he prays over them and he hands them back to his own apostles. And what he does then is so important. And so beautiful and so touching. This is stage three of their formation of shepherds. He sends them out into the crowd to feed the crowd, to serve the crowd, to be the servants, the waiters of the crowd. And in that, they are being taught that ministry, that pastoring, that shepherding is never about us. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's about them. He's telling them that their hearts have to be out there, not just all focused in on themselves. There's no room for pastoral narcissism in the way of Jesus. That if we're going to be shepherds for whatever portion of the flock God has given us, whether it's 
our parish community, whether it's the whole big church across the face of the earth, whether it's our own children, whether it's our husband, our wife, whether it's the people we boss around at work. It's always about them. It's their needs, their hungers, their thirsts, their hurtings, their agonies, their fears that we attend to with love. Our hearts have to be out there with them. And as soon as it starts becoming about me and how good I am and how talented I am and how good a preacher I am and how I can heal 14 lepers in one day or anything like that, then we've lost it. And that's what Jesus is teaching these disciples, these apostles in stage three of their formation as good shepherds. Yes, hang with me, learn from me, be with me, spend time with me. It's wonderful. Become a band of brothers and sisters. It's wonderful. But don't forget to go out. To go out into the world, to go out into the places where no one else goes, and to teach and share the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of God, our Father, the good news of the Spirit. And to do that always with a heart for them, for the crowd, for the sheep, for the flock, for the needy, the hungry, the thirsty, the longing, the hurting, whoever it is who God has given to you as your portion of his flock. And of course, that's what we're all called to do. That's what we have in common as disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what brings us together here. Not just to hang with Jesus for an hour. Not just to listen to his word or to share in his food. But also to go out there and to bring this good news, this nourishment, this food for the spirit and soul and body, this word of grace from God himself to the sheep that God has given us wherever we may find them, wherever, whatever flock he has given to us. And to always remember that at the core of all that we do as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, as apostles of Jesus, as good shepherds like Jesus, it's never about us. It's always about them.